0: We made it. The 2021 college football season is here, and we are ready for some TCU Horn Frog football. After last year, where we were worried about uh, COVID protocol and seeing if we could actually get 2,000 fans inside the stadium, season is back. Stadium hopefully will be full. It's important this year, people, and I think the Frogs are going to have a special season. We're going to talk about that, make some preseason predictions, take a look at the national playoff landscape, Offensive, defensive MVP, and a little Duquesne trivia. That and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. Jeremy Clark, are you ready for some football?
1: Man, I'm so ready. Went out and watched some high school football, and it just gets me pumped up for college football. So let's go. I was,
0: I, it was so bad. I was watching Fresno State UConn on Saturday. I mean, <laughs> you know, Poor they. Guy. I know they say in June you'd give anything for like a Tuesday night Mac game, but there I am watching Fresno and UConn. I mean, I'm not a degenerate. I'm not wondering what the over
1: under is in that game, but <laughs> who What was the final score in that? Because UConn weren't they one of the schools last year that quit? They they didn't have a season because of COVID, and that yeah was they didn't their have a, they didn't
0: have a season at all. But they're you know, part of it may have been protocol, but a, a big chunk of it is they're independent. And so when everybody went conference only or one game, they're just like, what's the point? So, yeah, yeah. they didn't have a season last year. And uh, I, I don't think they scored a point all game. I, I think the score was – uh, it was bad. I think it was 45 to nothing. Oh, man. Yeah, they just boat raced them. Yeah, they just boat raced them. It was pretty bad, so – Yukon, I don't think UConn's going to win the national championship this year. No. No. How long
1: do you think Scott Frost is going to be at Nebraska?
0: Oh, I was going to bring that up. Uh, it was uh, 45-0 Fresno over uh, UConn. Scott Frost, man. Let's see. He's got two games. They've got Fordham and Buffalo. And then they go to Norman in Week Four. How many points do you think Oklahoma is going to put up on?
1: <laughs> well, uh, Illinois on, put up thirty, didn't they? Yeah,
0: Illinois put up thirty. Did you see who was playing wide receiver for uh, Nebraska?
1: No, I it, actually I, I went down to San Antonio on Saturday and watched the daughter play some volleyball. So I didn't I didn't get into college yesterday.
0: Omar Manning.
1: Oh, really? How'd he do?
0: He, uh, he'd he be set up a whole lot better in a Doug Meacham offense and Malcolm Kelly as his wide receivers coach. I'll just leave it at that. You well, know
1: I'm, it, I guess it, that proves that he didn't do too well because if he did, we'd be seeing a lot of stuff about him today on the board talking about how TC missed out on him.
0: No, they did not. Now, what what he, what would have happened if he'd have stayed here? I don't know, but that Scott Frost offense is—they have the team speed of a nursing home. I mean, that is not a fun offense to watch. So, I think I think Frost will be gone this year, and he's going to get fired by uh, uh, Trev Albert, who who used to be on ESPN. That's now the AD there in Lincoln. So,
1: yeah, that's that's wasn't he at Omaha?
0: Yeah, he was at the, at Omaha. Which, from what I understand, other than not having FBS football, is a really high-powered um, Division One program. With the basketball, baseball, they do all the Olympic sports really well. And well, he so, got rid of
1: football, didn't he?
0: He might have, but that might have been a smart move. I mean, like, yeah. He, he, I, I I mean, I hate saying it, but there's schools that probably need to cut football. You know. Um, UConn, UMass, Baylor. I'm, I'm not sure why any of them are, are playing Division <laughs> One football. New Mexico State, UTEP. I just kind of throw them all in there. They're all well, he's going
1: Well, him and Scott Frost don't have any. Uh, I mean, other than they both played at Nebraska at some point. I don't think they ever crossed paths. I don't
0: because think it, they
1: did either. He would have been Frost gone older. When, Yeah. Well, was I think I think Alberts is older. Uh, Trev Alberts is uh, Alberts is older, isn't he? Because. <clears throat> No, Trev Scott.
0: Alberts was was playing for Nebraska when I was in high school. Because I yeah, remember so he's they, older. Yeah, yeah. Trev he's Alberts older is Frost. older because okay. Frost was playing when I when I was in college. I remember when Frost won the Big Twelve, and that, I guess that would have been Trev Alberts winning in the Big
1: Eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He'll bring he'll bring in a guy that is from the early nineties, you know, some kind of Nebraska connection there. Yeah, maybe so I get, Frost. I think Frost was at Stanford when when he was at Nebraska playing right. linebacker. Right. So,
0: you know, I'll tell you what, it was great to see Burt Bulimia back on the sidelines.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's awesome. Oh, he's, he, he's everything that's fo- right about college. Football. Yeah, college football is better with him in there. I promise you. He uh, needs to well, be on that sideline. Well, well, guys, if you didn't know we were going to talk Nebraska and Big Ten football, <laughs> this is your treat.
0: Every, you know, and that's the only real game that you have. That's what you get. Yeah. So hopefully, we've got some better games coming up, and we got some Horn Frog <laughs> football coming up. So we're going to go through and dissect the schedule, talk about maybe a pointer uh, of what, what's going to be needed for keys to win, uh, make some predictions. But before we do that, Jeremy, you have broken some news about maybe some injury reports, especially for the first game and beyond. What might You you posted all this on our board, and if you haven't yet, you would have known this all day. If you're at TCU 24-7 Sports, go log on at hornfrogblitz.com. Now is the time to join. What can you share with us that may be, interest, uh, may be of interest to our listeners?
1: Well, this is what I posted earlier. Uh, Kyrie Coman is likely out. He was a guy that Coach P talked about a couple of weeks ago when we had availability after one of the scrimmages. He apparently had been hit in his calf muscle. Um, it appears that it's a little bit worse than than what they thought because I was told that he hasn't practiced and he's questionable for the Duquesne game. Uh, the other notable is Noah Daniels. Um, I can't get into it. Just like I said on the board, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, get everyone riled up. I I would just tell you guys not to anticipate him being on the sideline or being on the field. If he's on the field, then that's great. Um, But right now, I I wouldn't anticipate him being out there. Other than that, I mean, it's uh, Terrell Cooper. We all knew that he was going to be questionable. They've been very upfront about his availability. Uh, Corey Bethley is back practicing, so you have a senior coming back there, so that's going to be good. Wes Harris is questionable. It's nothing big. If this was a Cal or SMU game, he'd be out there. There's, the good thing about them opening up with Duquesne, I know the fans don't like it because it's not a marquee name or anything like that, but when you have some of these minor bumps and bruises that you get during fall camp, you can afford um, when you play a lesser opponent. Not you know, Coach P hears me saying lesser opponent is going to lose his mind because they got to win by one point on Saturday. But when you play a lesser opponent – That doesn't have the same type of athletes that your program has it's 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 good to have this uh, game the first game to let them heal a little bit and and, and guys like Wes Harris let's 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 be honest and and Kyrie Coleman and and Noah Daniels if they if they did play they wouldn't be out there the whole game that this is this is not a a game that I don't anticipate the starters playing beyond the half Um, especially especially the the higher profile guys like Max and Quentin Johnston and Zach and you know those those type players, but it, it, other than that, I mean it's it's what you get in fall camp, and I'll keep my ear to the ground to see if it's going to be worse for any of those guys. But the good news is for a guy like Coleman, you have Dylan Horton that's really stepped up. Colt Ellison has played really good as the third defensive end, and so they should be okay on on the defensive uh, line for Saturday. But other than that, that's that's pretty much what happens during fall camp. You're going to have some some type of injury come out of it.
0: Well, we'll all keep an eye on ESPN Plus this Saturday night at 7 o'clock. If you haven't signed up yet to watch the game and see who's playing and who's not, that's the best five bucks you'll spend every month. I have ESPN Plus. You're going to get a ton of baseball. You're going to get some odd basketball games. And the way that the world is changing, you are going to be getting more and more games on ESPN Plus, whether you like it or not. So if, you don't, if you're resistant, uh, yeah, you're, you're missing out on it. So go ahead and sign up.
1: I'll, I'll have the I'll have the uh, game thread going on the board too for everyone to cuss and discuss on.
0: Okay. Good. Good. Well maybe everybody can complain about the game. Go to um TCU Hornfrog Nation on Facebook, that Facebook page. You can get a lot of great insight into the program on that side too. Don't you think so, Jeremy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man. That's where people will say, we should just join the big ten. There's there's a lot of in-depth uh in-depth knowledge yeah. on that page.
1: They should. It's their TCU's choice where they want to go.
0: They should join the NFL East or the NFC East. That's what I think. (laughs) So, all right. Well, we've got Duquesne this Saturday. As I said, Saturday night, seven o'clock. Jeremy, let's do a little Duquesne trivia. Are you ready? I'm going to buy you a beer for every question you get, right? You ready?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That tapping you hear in the background will not be me Googling. You
0: better not. You got to make, you got to promise me. You got to be a man. Okay. I promise. I I won't. Okay. I
1: promise. What? Let me tell. Let me hold on before you get into this. Okay, I will. I will tell you. I've spent exactly two seconds figuring out Duquesne's program. Okay, Our, their mascot may or may not be the Dukes. Okay, that might, is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, okay. I wasn't
0: going to ask that one, but
1: get I figured beer, you had that one, one from just an
0: email from Mark Cohen. You know, he's going to have some great data on how often TCU, the horn Frogs have played the Dukes of other schools. So I, I kind of left that one off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. What city is Duquesne located in?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Pennsylvania. That's a state. I know.
0: <laughs> That's a state. Well, the don't send
1: your kids to Azel Public Schools. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm guessing somewhere in Pennsylvania. All right,
0: it, you're wrong. close. I'll give you half a point. I'll buy you half a beer. Or, uh, I'll buy you Bud Light. That's a half a beer. Okay. Pittsburgh, okay. Pennsylvania. Okay. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, you want to? You want to guess? I'll give you an open ended here. What do you believe? And you can get within of forty percent, and I'll give you points. Okay. What is the capacity of their home football field? <laughs>
1: Oh man, this this should really be multiple choice. Okay, multiple uh, let, me, let me let me let me go with I'll go they're, twelve. They're
0: an FCS program, so you're going with twelve thousand. Yeah, it's it's
1: two thousand two hundred. Oh man, it's way <laughs> off. Oh, no. I was giving you forty percent, and I was like, "That's wow." <laughs> Is there stadium like down by the downtown of? Pittsburgh, PA. It must be
0: because I can. T- I could take you to. What do you think? Two A high school football in Texas that has more than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Two A. Boyd. Boyd. Texas has more. Boy, Boyd. Boyd. Yeah, you got me uh, wondering. I, I'm going to look up I, one of my favorite pastimes is looking at Google Maps. Yeah. Especially places where I drive. So I'm going to have to look up that stadium one day.
0: Yeah, they got to have more than Springtown. Springtown. I mean, Springtown's a bigger stadium than Duquesne, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Farrington Field. Hazel, Azel's barely bigger, but it's a lot worse aesthetically. <laughs> it's terrible. That's why we. That's that's why we've been trying to pass bonds to major fells to to get that thing rebuilt. Don't no raise one, my taxes, man. Yeah, they don't need no stadium out there in Hazel. No, they don't. They don't,
0: man. I was living in Alito when they kept voting down all those bond packages. And then I think it was Buchanan that came out and said, if you want to win at football, you better pass these. Guess what happened? They, 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 they yep. passed it real quick. All right. what uh, You want to take a guess? What conference is Duquesne in? I'll get – Patriot? Nope. They are Dang. not. They They're actually in two conferences. So okay. they are in the Atlantic 10 for okay. all sports except two. They're in the Northeast Conference for—wait for it—football. For it, and here's the second one. Guess the second one. What do you think is the second conference that they play in the Northeast Conference? Is the it second, men,
1: men, men or women's sport?
0: Uh, it doesn't list the gender.
1: Okay. Bowling. Lacrosse. Oh, bowling? Wow.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we have the Atlantic 10 for all sports except football, which is the Northeast Conference— and they have, uh, that's where they're in um, the Northeast Conference for football and for bowling. I don't know about Duquesne bowling. I hear when Duquesne and um, Carnegie Tech go to go to go to town and bowling, you can just throw the records out the window.
1: <laughs> I'm failing miserably at this test. <laughs>
0: that's all right. Well, the last one I'm gonna, I, I, I was gonna ask you this question, but I'm just gonna give you the information because I know you wouldn't guess it in a million years. Oh, this is a good one. Duquesne has a better bowl win on the on the wall than Baylor and Texas Tech, and I'm probably going to say SMU, uh, maybe Texas A&M. I don't know. But in 1936, Duquesne won the Orange Bowl with a victory over Mississippi State. Wow. I know.
1: You would have thought that would have helped their recruiting over
0: the years. You would have thought that. You know, maybe they just didn't get the word out of their I, huddles.
1: It goes to show these kids don't look at one win to help their no their they decisions. Don't. So anyone listening, no, don't think if TCU beats Oklahoma this year that all of a sudden recruits are going to be flooding TCU Stadium, Ammon Carter Stadium, to come play there.
0: I res- I respect their decision.
1: <laughs>
0: you always all do. right. I always do as long as they give all glory to Hashtag. God. That's all that matters. Hashtag, right, hashtag A-G-T-G. That's right. Because if they don't give all glory to God and they don't say no interviews, I assume they're in um, extroverted atheists, <laughs> And I don't have any time for that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's go through and make some. Pr- uh, let's go through and make some predictions here, Jeremy. Are you ready to buckle up and go through the schedule? Yeah, it
1: sounds like you got a pen and paper in hand to write these down. I
0: do. I got a pen and paper. This is going to be logged formally. It's going to be under lock and key in my pastoral care files here in my office. Okay. No, oh, this is going to be as official as it gets. All right, um, and well, we'll do some score prediction too to see what we can okay. do. Okay. Uh, all right, Duquesne. I'm a, I'm predicting a win, and I mean that's a, that's a I'm going out on a ledge here. I'm going to predict a win, but I think the frogs are going to underperform offensively just to just to freak everybody out. So I think the frogs are going to win like thirty five to ten. What do you think is going to happen in that game? I'm
1: kind of with you on the whole offense thing it's scary. and scaring. I think they jump out to like 28, and they bring in the backups, and the backups don't play really well. Then it gets everyone really scared. So, I'm I'm gonna I'll, I'll give them I'll give them more than 35 though. I'll go 45 to seven. 45 to seven.
0: All right, we both got the dub there. All right, week two, two thirty on ESPNU. The frogs are hosting the Cal Golden Bears. Um, Jeremy Wilcox is is a great defensive coach. I mean, the greatest game in in the history of the sport was played between TCU and Cal in the Cheez It Bowl. Um, defensive MVP Mark Cohen just did a great job <laughs> in that game. <laughs> all right, I, what are you what are you feeling in this game? Aware that let's just be honest, we're not all packed Pac twelve nuts, but where, where, where do you think uh, this game is going to land in terms of not only who's going to win, but what kind of production is going to be put up or withheld?
1: I mean, I'm with you. I think they play really good defense, but they did lose some key guys on both sides of the ball. And I think this is really a game that uh, TCUs, we're going to see their starters all the way through. And and, and this is really the game that I, I think people will start talking about the Frogs a little bit more. For some reason, I, just, I, I don't feel like it's going to be really close. I feel like it's going to be a pretty dominating performance even though uh, TCU has, has talked to the Pac-12. and You have those reports out there saying that the Pac-12 is not expanding. So TCU might try to be nice to them and nice to their future neighbors, I guess. But I, I still feel like TCU is going to go out there and get a, a good enough win um, that will have people talk. And I think it's going to be like a 34-13 to 13 type win, which is, a, which is a solid score against a team like Cal.
0: Yeah, I think the offense comes out and plays well if – in spite of the fact that I think uh, that he's a great defensive coach, I'm going 48-24 Frogs. And I think at some point we're looking at a – I don't know like a 4117 game. So I, I would not be surprised that I mean late in the fourth. Yeah. I would not be surprised if the Frogs uh, really make a make send a message against Cal. And um and, you know, I don't I know Patterson's not worried about the polls and all that kind of stuff, but the Frogs jump out, put a big win, a double digit victory on the board against Cal, who I I think is going to be a competitive team in the Big 12. That's going to go a long way to start to begin to move up the rankings. Wait, Cal's
1: going to be in the Big 12 now?
0: No, excuse me, the uh, Pac 12. Okay. Oh no! Breaking news: <laughs> Cal is accepted, breaking, and if it's yeah. because of their cultural affinity with with Stillwater and Lubbock in Berkeley, that's why they wanted to join wow. the Big Twelve. So.
1: Breaking news!
0: Breaking news right here. Uh, I, here's a dad joke. Are you ready for it, Jeremy?
1: Yeah, I'm a dad, so let's hear it.
0: Do you think the frogs can win by? Uh, I hope so. I hope so too. Week three, we got a bye week. I hate this bye. By the way, I love it. No pun intended. You love it, so you you love having. Uh, was that ten straight games?
1: One, two, three, yeah, four, it's ten five, straight six, games. Because I've talked to I've talked to Gary about it, and you know, it you you get a buy before a, a, an opponent that I'm not taking lightly. I know a lot of people are, um, but I still think SMU is a really good program, and they're going to win a lot of games. And trust me, TCU does not want to lose to SMU. Um, especially with the recruiting that's going on. It seems like there's a lot of momentum over there in Dallas right now. So you don't want to go out there and not perform well against SMU. So get this bye week, get your two weeks preparation to get ready for the Mustangs because they're going to have a really good offense. They still got really good receivers. They got a good quarterback, um, whether it's going to be Mordecai or Preston Stone. I haven't seen that. Um, but it, I, 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 I want them to have that bye week. Um, before SMU, just because if they go out there and put it up, put it on them, then that that's a good thing. It's a very good thing.
0: Yeah, I saw late this afternoon Tanner Mordecai has been named the starter. Not surprising, by the way. Yeah, not surprising to me either. And I, you know, do you really want to throw Preston Stone out there that fast? Like I, I actually do believe in bad quarterback juju. You know, if you get rocked early, it can it can really do some damage to yeah. you. So you know the frogs are going to be playing you know hosting SMU that's going to be 3 of 4 straight home games to open the season i've got the frogs beating SMU 38-28 in a game that may or may not involve a scuffle so i think there's going to be a lot of energy in that game it's you know i don't think they've released the time yet for that kickoff i don't uh, think they've gotten that no, i don't think before. so either okay i would i don't care if it's on ESPN2 or you i would love to see that as a night game uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of fun at that game. I've
1: I've got, I've got 45 to 34 TCU. Okay,
0: I think this is going to shine a spotlight on um, some recruiting irregularities that may be taking place, as well as uh, Gary Patterson wanting to remind everybody who runs DFW. So. Yeah. All right. Game four of the season. Uh, one, two, three. Game four of the season. The Frogs are playing host to the Texas Longhorns. Do you, you know, Sark is going to begin to visit all these places for the first time? He does not have a, a Big 12 staff, as they would say. He's recruited um, his staff from across the country. Uh can 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 it keep going? Can the frogs continue to dominate Texas? Is it going to go from Mac Brown to Charlie Strong to Tom Herman to Sark? What 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 are the chances you think, Jeremy, of the frogs being able to continue to run it up on the Longhorns, especially as they are uh, tucking tuck, uh, heading out and heading to the Southeast Conference? I
1: mean, I feel really good about this game. Um, I, I like that they're getting them early in the season. There's, I know, Sam Ellinger took a lot of heat for not being a real consistent quarterback, whether it was from opposing fan bases or his own fan base. He seemed like the most hated guy um, until he graduated and all the Texas fans all of a sudden started loving him. But I just think that guy was such a gamer. I don't see that yet in Hudson Card. I I think the other kid, Casey Thompson, uh, we saw a little bit of that in the bowl game. But um, they're going with Hudson Card, it looks like. And I I don't know enough about Hudson to um, really – speak well about texas right now i know they've got a lot of good pieces in other places they've got a really good coaching staff and if you look at last year they didn't have a really bad season i mean it was one of those seasons where if if you know if they didn't want to if the boosters didn't want to get rid of tom herman so bad they probably you know would have brought him back for another year because it wasn't really I, what was their record eight they didn't they win like
0: no they were they were seven and three, yeah, so. or, or six and three. There they were three plays from making the playoff, from winning the
1: big. Yeah, playoffs. I mean they were. I mean that's what yeah. it
0: is. They, you know, obviously the one game, the one play and the fumble at the goal line, any of the plays in overtime against OU, and then Matt Campbell goes down and just with like ninety seconds left says, you know what, I'm going to steal this game yeah. from you. They could have been undefeated, and I don't think people now they they could have lost to Texas Tech. I get that but they were so close to being in the Big 12 title game and you can't fire Tom Herman for being in the Big 12 Yeah, title I mean
1: that's game. that's what I'm saying. Like they were they were really close in a lot of games. They have a lot of those pieces coming back. Bijan Robinson's one of the best running backs in the nation. Uh, I think if they could get the quarterback going, Hudson and and show that he can pass the ball and they've got good receivers to get the ball out to, then they they might be a team to watch and that's why I'm kind of saying I, I'm glad TCU gets them in that fourth game because I still think it's gonna be a few games for them to really get it rolling. Um, but for whatever reason, Gary has their number seven and two since joining the Big Twelve and it's gonna be a little something extra this year. I mean, it's you know, they're there's they're like the I don't know I don't know a good uh analogy for it, but they're leaving the conference and you wanna you wanna get bragging rights as they decide that they wanna go play in the SEC and play tougher football. Wouldn't it be great for TCU to just go out there and 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 put it on them again. So I'm, I'm predicting a win for that game, maybe a little bit closer than, than what fans would like, but I I still see TCU winning that ball game somewhere around the neighborhood of 30 to 17 or 30 to 20, somewhere around there.
0: I've got the frogs winning 28, 21. Uh, I think, I think Hudson cards, a good quarterback, but I'm I'm going to be interested to see if they're not making a change by then already because, you know, they open with Louisiana. And that's
1: going to be a tough to, game.
0: That is going to be a tough game. And then they've got to go to Fayetteville, which I, I think they'll beat Arkansas. But uh, Arkansas is going to throw everything at them that they have, including – um, not the metaphorical, but the literal kitchen sink, and, and I mean from the student section, not from the sidelines. So, there it's going to be a it's going to be a game that those those people are going to be jacked up on um, country juice, if you know what I mean. So, I'll be interested to see where they stand they, after their first three games. You think you think they lose to Louisiana? Billy Napier's
1: the man. I, coach. I love what he's done with that program. Reminds me a lot of TCU back ten years ago. I mean, they're not afraid to play anyone. I mean, you look at them last year; they went up to Ames and beat Iowa State, and it really wasn't close. Didn't they beat? Was it? Was it? Or a year before? What what year was it that? Was it last year?
0: No, last year they 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 won by two touchdowns, yeah. and in then Ames. they now, there were a couple of special special game uh, special team scores, but they all count. Yeah,
1: they've got good athletes. They've got some uh, pretty good running backs, and uh, I don't know the, about their quarterback situation, but they've got a really good coach, and I think he's going to be somewhere else on the sidelines and probably in a sec program in the next one or two years, but it's going to be definitely a game to, to keep an eye on because I promise you they are not afraid to go into a, a, a rowdy place and, and get things done. And they definitely have some athletes to do that.
0: Yeah, I'm going 28, 21. Um, and I, I do think Texas will be undefeated coming into that. It'll be a, t- a tight game against Louisiana, but I think I've heard this said on, every podcast I've listened to, everyone is talking about the Texas-Louisiana game in such a way that Texas will not be allowed to just look past right. it. So I think they'll they'll be able to win that game. But my hope is that they're undefeated, and we're looking at college game day in Fort Worth that first weekend in October.
1: That trip up to Fayetteville is going to – But because here's the thing. I think Arkansas is an improved team. Uh, I, I love their, their coach up there, um, Pittman they've got they've got some
0: offensive lines yeah
1: they've got they've got some good athletes if they can replace the quarterback they've got a good receiver coming back good running backs most of their offensive lines coming back i mean and they're playing at home so that that might be a game to keep a close eye on too because those are the games no one talks about and you know, just like last year when they played Texas Tech who would have thought that they were going to give up what 56 points or 60 something points to Texas Tech and they did so they Texas always has one of those games in them where people are looking past an opponent. and Next thing you know, they're losing. Uh, cough, cough, Maryland for two years in a row. And, you know, that's just how – that that's part of the reason Herman got on the hot seat in the first place because they were losing games that no one felt like, like they should be losing. And, and Louisiana and Arkansas are definitely two of those games that they better keep an eye out for.
0: Well, I'll be interested to see what offensive coordinator Kendall Biles does in that game.
1: He will have his fingers taped. I'll promise you that. He
0: will. He's got his fingers taped on the pulse of that program. All right, the frogs uh, uh, next week head out to Lubbock. It's never good to play in Jones Stadium. I'm hoping that's eleven o'clock yes. kickoff and not a seven o'clock kickoff. That's what we're all asking for. Although that means you got to get up at like what four in the morning. No, I'll go out there the night
1: before. Usually when it's eleven o'clock, I'll go out there the night before and uh, okay stay in the there's there there. You know, people talk bad about Lubbock, and there are some areas just like every other city in Texas that has its bad areas. But there are some nice hotels that I've stayed in up there in in Lubbock, so I'm not afraid to go up there one night in advance.
0: Well, what do you think is going to happen the next day? Frogs um, traveling out to Lubbock against Texas Tech. I think Matt Wells is on the absolutely. Hot seat. I think I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Sonny Cumby. You know, now that we don't have the have him in our presence or dependent on him for information and while we all acknowledge he's a really good man, uh, what do we think about uh, his performance at TCU and how is that going to translate out there in Lubbock? What, what, what's your thoughts on Sonny running the offense? Well, here's the thing.
1: I don't think he has the athletes at Texas Tech like he did at TCU. So that's one thing to look at. Um, I, I do know he will try to trick it up a little bit. Uh, I see a lot of crazy throwback, passes, whatever it's going to take to to throw Gary for a loop for a minute. But I don't see – I mean, you're talking about two coaches that are going to be coaching basically for their jobs in Matt Wells and Sonny Comby. Um, Sonny went to a situation where head coaches – I mean, that seat is burning hot up there in Lubbock right now. So, uh, you're right. The night games are weird. Lubbock is a weird place to play in at night. Just crazy things happen. Everyone knows about it. But uh, I would I would say for now, I'm, Texas Tech may give a scare, but I'm not as worried. You know, they talk about the transfer quarterback. I, like, to me, he wasn't that great uh, where he was before. And so I'm like, how's everyone thinking this kid's going to be so great for Texas Tech all of a sudden? So I – I don't see how TCU is going to lose this game. They they've gone up. They've played uh, well in Lubbock the last few times. TCU is going to win this game. I I I think they put up forty this game. They'll win somewhere around forty two to maybe twenty four.
0: Yeah, I've got the frogs winning big, fifty two to seventeen. I think this is going to continue to be a maturation of the offense. I think I'll be interested to see what Tech's schedule is at this point because when they when, when it starts folding, man, I think they're going to fold hard. Because like you said, they don't have the talent. And it's not just that they don't have the talent. They don't have the depth. So their best player out there that is getting beat consistently, if he gets hurt or he's like, I, I, I've had enough of this crap, the guy behind him is going to be even worse. I mean, in, a, in, a, in a, it's the drop-off is going to be different than it is at another program. So I'm thinking that the Frogs are going to blow the doors off of them. And looking at 52-17, and I'm not saying that's the game that Matt Wells gets fired at, but that's when the that's when what we talk about becomes an episode. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that sets up a five and o Horned Horn Frog team heading to Norman, Oklahoma, to play the Sooners. Uh, the Frogs have not won in Norman since 1996. I was there in the state. Wait, wait,
1: wait. H- uh, John- Hold on. What'd you just say? Go ahead. The frogs haven't won. I said, haven't won a Norman since when? Since 1996.
0: No. Or, excuse me. 2005. Uh, I have my getting, numbers you're... wrong. I, I, I was there in '96, but then they won, and I, I, I just screwed up. That's what it was. I was thinking about the '96 <laughs> hey, game. Carth, I
1: admit. Carth, oh, Carth being yeah, a man I admit is Taking ownership, Jeff, and you just did it.
0: I know. I was there in '96 when we beat Oklahoma, but then, of course, in '05, uh, inaugural game in the Mountain West. Frogs go up there. Thank you, Ty Gun. That was the best win you had, and you had a lot of good wins. Frogs won there. We haven't won the Norman since we joined the Big 12. That's the bottom line. We got one win, the best team the Frogs have put on the field in since maybe 1938, and it took a Paul Boston pick six and Trevor Knight throwing it out the back of the end zone to win that game. So do you think what, – what are the chances – what's it going to take to beat Lincoln-Riley? Because we haven't figured out how to beat Lincoln-Riley. What's it going to take to beat Lincoln-Riley?
1: Man. Riley? The crazy thing is, too, is that you know they've got a really good quarterback coming back, and Spencer Rattler. They've got Kennedy Brooks coming back. They've got some good offensive line coming back. Got good. De- I mean, they're they're reloading. That's all they're doing is reloading. And while TCU is going to have a lot of momentum coming into that game, I wish they would just do the Army offense against them. Be honest, man. Keep the ball away from that offense. Uh, Army had a really a really good. uh uh, game plan when they almost upset them a few years ago. And it's funny because OU only needed like, you know, 40 plays to score three or four touchdowns. So, um, but man, that's the only game on the schedule right now where I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Like I, I, I can't, I can't foresee a win, no matter how close TCU's played them in recent year, recent memory up there in Norman, I just look at, I look at, what Oklahoma's been able to do, uh, not only against TCU but the rest of the Big Twelve for the last several years, and it's going to be tough, man. And that's the first loss I have. I've I've predicted a season record, and everyone knows what my season record is. Uh, my prediction. So that's one of the L's I have for TCU. I think it's going to be close, but I think OU gets away. They'll they'll win that game somewhere in the neighborhood of 30, 34 to twenty four. OU.
0: I have the Frogs losing 44-27. I think the gap is just present. And it's you 44-27. Frogs will do a little better offensively, but Spencer Rattler, I think he's going to light it up this year. I think Marvin Mims is going to have a C.D. Lamb type season or an announcement like what he's going to be able to do. And you think about the depth that they have at wide receiver. Oh, my gosh. I mean, think about this, Jeremy. I mean, What's Theo Weiss is a five star that's what, their third target? Yeah.
1: I mean I mean they're they're absolutely loaded.
0: I remember watching that guy light it up at Allen High School, and he's I don't want to say he's an afterthought because that's not accurate, but he's not the number one or number two guy on the field.
1: You know, Marvin Mims to CeeDee Lamb is a pretty good comparison, but the one I like too is Hollywood Brown. You remember how bad you no know, one could cover Hollywood, and that's that's how yeah. I see Marvin because he's not much not much of a big guy, but He's just so fast, and there's not – no knock against TCU. There's not really any secondary in the Big 12 that's going to be able to just contain him to, you know, zero catches or zero big plays. He he finds a way to make big plays no matter what.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've agreed on everything up to this. So, five and point. one so right now, can, right? Yeah. Uh, we're looking at five and one. Yep. What was your prediction for the Tech game? I'll go back and listen the score. I knew you said they're going to win. I'll find the score. Um, all right, West Virginia. The frogs get West Virginia at home. Uh, two straight years where the frogs have lost to Neil Brown. Uh, you know, Neil Brown is one of those coaches that has Gary Patterson's number. The frogs can always beat Texas, and they just have the damnedest time beating West Virginia. Uh, what do you what do you see for the? What's going to be required for the frogs to be able to beat West Virginia? And what's your prediction?
1: Well, I'm glad they're playing playing them at home. Uh, Neil Brown, for whatever reason, has Gary's number. It's crazy. Uh, I know that uh, Daggy's coming back. At, he's he ended up being a pretty good quarterback there late in the season. They did lose one of the twins on the defensive line, so that's that's pretty big. Um, not having him, the the running back. I believe I can't remember if he's gone or back. Or if he's back, he's going to be pretty good because he was a pretty good running back in the league last year. But again, TCU is a different team playing West Virginia and Fort Worth than when they are playing them in Morgantown. It, it, Morgantown is like kryptonite for them, except for those couple of years when they were able to pull off a, a minimal upset. But I like them playing at home. Uh, they're they're going to be coming off an emotional loss to OU, but I think they bounce back. Uh, I think this time we TCU has the offense to, to put points on the board. Um, they've got it. Better offensive line. We're talking as long as no injuries happen. But I'm going to go with the Frogs in this one. I'm going to say they win 31-17. to
0: You know, I'm not that far off. I have the Frogs winning 33-27. I think the Frogs are able to steal that win. Um, we're gonna It's going to come down to some odd plays and maybe a field goal or two. But I got the Frogs winning 33-27 and g- finally – Gary gets that win over Neil Brown, who I think is a good coach. You know, I, th- I think Neil Brown is a really good coach. So, all right. From here, we travel all the way up to the Little Apple. Our former uh, podcast mate, Jeremiah Glenn, and his son going to school there at Kansas State.
1: He is super excited about it, too.
0: Is his are his loyalties gonna be uh challenged or is he just gonna say every man a wildcat or is he gonna pull for the horn frogs?
1: <laughs> He's I asked him that same question. He said I'm I'm pulling for wherever my money's going.
0: <laughs> I don't blame him.
1: He'll still pull for TCU in every other game except Kansas State. Hey, fair enough. Fair
0: enough. Well, I know who uh will be interested in seeing win that game. What what kind of prediction do you have? Because uh this is another one of those games that the frogs are just having the dangest time winning. Uh, obviously last year that game in Fort Worth that was cruel and as usual punishment that I would no, I have not gone back and watched the TCUK State game from last year. That was the ugliest thing I have seen since uh I don't know anymore. that was an awful game. no offensive strategy, no desire no 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 sense of what the offense was trying to accomplish that game. It was disgusting. think the frogs can turn the tables this year
1: I do. Just cover Deuce Vaughn on the wheel route for crying out loud and they'll be okay. <laughs> or
0: what what's the what's uh Howard? What's the quarterback's first name? I think it's Will, what was it? I the think second it's Will Howard,
1: play. but Skylar Thompson's back now.
0: I know, but do you remember the second play? Will Howard went like nine oh, yeah. yards on a yeah. draw? <laughs> was, all we heard was, well, he's kind of a game manager and he's not that fast, and he'll be all right. And he's out there just sprinting down the field. I think it was Ardarius Washington finally tracking
1: Let me tell you something. If you go back and watch that replay of the game, watch that particular play, and basically the only TCU players you see in the screen are three down linemen and Wyatt Harris, and there's no one else on the screen when they show the end zone camera. And all they had to do was they had five or six linemen block. They once they took Wyatt out of the play, it was wide open. Like they didn't, TCU did not have anyone in the box except those three down linemen and, and Wyatt Harris. So it's, it's crazy. I don't know if I was, call, I don't know if I was calling him Wyatt Hicks because I had, <laughs> my son's got a friend named Wyatt Hicks too. So No, okay. you, you got, you okay. got it right. Wyatt okay. Harris. Uh,
0: all right. So the frogs, give us a prediction for that game.
1: Well, it's in Manhattan. uh, Frogs have, you know, it's, it's tough to win up there for them and crowds should be pretty good and into it. But uh, it, it's going to be one of those grounded out games. It, for anyone that wants to see high-flying scores, uh, TCU wanting to uh, uh, just go out there and run a hurry up and high-tempo, up-tempo offense, you know, don't watch the game because you're probably going to see two grounded out teams that want to win the game by running the football. Time of possession. And this game is it, it's going to be low scoring because neither team's going to want to. I mean, you're you're going to rely on your run game here. So, Deuce Vaughn for Kansas State, Zach Evans and Kendra Miller for TCU. I think TCU gets it done this time. They should have. They've. They're so close the last two games. It just weird. Just weird ways Kansas State has won. Pick six last year was the difference in the game. So, uh, give me the frogs. I'm going to go with them grinding it out. They're going to grind it out to 28 points, and K-State's going to have 20, 28-20 TCU.
0: I kind of have an opposite view of that. I think the Frogs are going to be able to put up some points on K-State. So I'm looking at 55-24, Frogs getting a big win in Manhattan. So that'll be the first win in Manhattan, uh, what, since 2017, when the Frogs went up there and won? Yeah, that, that's it. That's right. Yep. Yep. So we'll see what comes from that. All right. Baylor. Dave Aranda, year two, it can't be any worse than year one. I mean, the, the best, the highlight of the season for Dave Aranda, his first year was the second half of the TCU Baylor game. That's all he had. So I'll be interested to see what Aranda can do. I, I'm not sold that their offense is going to be all that different than it was in terms of what they're able to produce. You know, they fired Larry Fedora. They brought in the guy that was the OC at BYU and the in Baylor plays BYU this year, which will be an interesting dynamic. I'm, I know Dave Aranda was a heck of a defensive coordinator. I know he had a national championship at LSU. I'm not sure he's cut out to be the head coach. I want to see what kind of transition he makes from being a defensive coordinator. I've, I've read some interviews around with him and around the program that he said he had a hard time transitioning from being a DC to being a head coach, and he learned what to do and what he's going to stick with. So this will be the year he starts to figure that stuff out. I don't know that they're going to make that big of a leap. I think the Frogs are going to be able to put up a lot of points on Baylor this year, even though Dave Branda is a pretty solid head coach. So I'm going to go ahead and go 38 14, the Frogs are going to beat Baylor in Fort Worth.
1: I agree with you. I think it's – I'm still – the jury's still out on him being a head coach. He he says a lot of the right things, but we're looking at a, a guy that was uh, D.C. at LSU um, in, a, in a year where they really caught lightning in a bottle. I mean, and you, you have to look at that offense and the way they played and, and think – Maybe they won that national championship because they had Burrow and Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall and good running back. So I I think them losing Charlie Brewer to U- transfer into Utah is going to hurt them even though uh, he <laughs> he probably shouldn't have been playing last year in the first place. But the the kid's a gamer. He he always kept a in it. The Bohannon kid that they've named as, as a starter, I haven't seen a whole lot of, of him in, at the college level. I will say when I saw him in high school, I wasn't overly impressed. Really good athlete, but I don't know how good of a quarterback he's going to be right now. So I think that's going to be a big question for them. Uh, I was kind of surprised that he beat out uh, Zeno because that was a guy that that they felt like was going to have a tremendous future for them. But I feel like TCU playing them at home is going to be a a game where they're going to want to send a message. TCU is going to win this game. They scored 33 last year in a, for an offense that really couldn't score a whole lot of points. They're going to score more this year. I'm going to go TCU 41, Baylor 13. 41 13.
0: Big win for the Horn Frogs. All right. We're down to the final stretch here. Uh, three games left for us to take a look at. Uh, Oklahoma State in Stillwater. So the Frogs obviously won in 2017, lost in 2019. Frogs going back there in 2021. Stillwater has been a tougher place for the Frogs to play. Although the Frogs have, have had, you know, Gary Patterson's had Mike Gundy number here for the last several years. Here's where I think the Frogs take their second L. You know, it's when no one counts on Oklahoma State that they have a great season. I, either Spencer Sanders is going to have a ridiculous season or he's gonna get benched. And I'm backing on him having a ridiculous season. He will not have an average season where he improves just a little bit. He is gonna have a great year, is my prediction. I think the Frogs are gonna lose in an amazing shootout in Stillwater, and the postgame presser is gonna be unhinged with Patterson and Gundy. And I think Oklahoma State's gonna win this 48-45 in the games that uh, we're going to miss in the in what we thought of as Big 12 football. I think it's going to be a throwback game. 48-45 the Frogs lose in Stillwater to Oklahoma State who is going to be in that spot having the inside lane to get to the Big 12 title camp.
1: Uh, I'm with you on I, I think people are doubting Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders is kind of a question mark like, kind of like Max Duggan is. We really don't know if he's a good quarterback or if he's a bad quarterback, he's kind of in the middle. We know he can run. But one thing I will say, he's, he's lost, uh, uh Tylen Wallace, which if you look at last year, once they lost Tylen, their offense completely shut down. No other receiver they had stepped up for them. They don't have Dylan Stoner anymore. Stoner was a guy that miraculously was able to, to beat TCU, um, back in what, what, 2019. When Wallace was out, they don't have him anymore. The receivers are okay. They're they've got some talent. They've got some speed. But and this game being in Stillwater concerns me because they've had a little bit of trouble uh winning ball games up there. But I feel I feel different about this one for some reason. I feel like the 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 Stillwater is, is still gonna be a challenge, but I still feel like TCU's offensive weapons that they have is gonna be enough to put some points on the board and I think defensively they'll be able to to confuse Spencer Sanders a little bit. He's going to run for a lot of yards. He's going to drive us all crazy because he's probably going to rush for between 90 and 120 yards on the ground. But I still feel TCU is going to make enough plays. They're going to make more plays. I'm, I'm agreeing with you in, in the shootout style, but I feel TCU is going to get the win. I think they're going to win 37 to 35.
0: Frogs win in. We both have a 37-35. We both have a close game. I think that's the game. Everybody's got, you know, obviously the Iowa State game, which we'll get to in a second circled. Everyone's looking at, you know, uh, having Texas at home and SMU at home. I think this is the game that's going to be – I don't want to say it's going to define the season. This is going to be the game we remember, that either we you know, we hammered out a victory on the road like you're predicting, or oh my gosh, we lost a heartbreaker, and what set up that game-winning field goal for Oklahoma State will be things that they're talking about for, for years to come as Frog fans. So I love when we play Oklahoma State because – it's it's a good game. It's a competitive game. Uh, they're a rival, but we don't hate them. Like I don't have any bad blood against Oklahoma State. I just want to beat them yeah. really bad. But it's 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 two it, you know, and I don't want to get into realignment. It's two peer programs with with the greatest coaches in program history that could still go for a while. That I think. I think if uh, if if they got into the Pac-12, I think they would be the biggest dogs in the Pac-12 East between yeah. the two of them. So that's just there's there's so I, I love I love when we there's play so them. There's so
1: many similarities between the two. It's it's, it's funny. Um, and Oklahoma State is a great place to go watch football. The fans are awesome. You walk, I mean, as soon as you get there, people are extremely kind. And uh, now, if you've had run-ins with cowboy fans, I apologize, but I've never. I mean, they're they've always been really awesome. Plus, the press box may just be the best press box food in the entire Big 12. So, And they got ice cream, so a guy like me, Mm. I mean, I'm not going to – it's real tough to turn away some ice cream. But this might be a game that we're talking about Griffin-Kell afterwards. I think Griffin's going to have – I think he's going to have three very important field goals. That's how I got to that 37. So, for you guys listening at home trying to figure out how I got to 37 – four touchdowns, four extra points, three field goals.
0: I mean, it's not – I'm not too concerned about how my numbers add up because yesterday I watched Illinois-Nebraska with two missed extra points, a safety from a illegal forward pass thrown out of the end zone. <laughs> so you just never know how things are going to shake out in terms of score. So. All right, next week, Frogs are going to uh, host Kansas last home game of the year. Yeah, I'm going to whatever they're going to they're going to put up 50 to something. So I have nothing to offer on this game other than I'm really curious to see what Lance Leipold has going late in the season. He's a great coach. I mean, that guy has he was the Chris Kleiman of uh, Division three when he was at Wisconsin Whitewater. All he did was win national championships. And then he got Buffalo going, and then he stumbled into the Kansas job because Les Miles can't keep his hands to himself. So I'll be interested to see what Kansas looks like at the end of the year because that's literally the best hire they yeah. could have made. But I think the Frogs win, you know, 52-14 50, or something like that. Yeah, that, that sounds good, 52-14. Uh, and I am assume you're probably in the same
1: ballpark. I've, I mean, I've really thought long and hard about this game because this is one of those weird games Um I've got this as the second loss, Jeff. I'll be honest with you. No. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. I'm with you. It's it's gonna be I'd say they scored 59 last year when Max completed three passes. Uh so let's go. Uh, I'll get I'll give I'll give the new coach benefit of the doubt. I'll I'll say Gary's gonna be nice. They'll score 52, be 52 to Ten, TCU. All
0: right, Jeremy. Well, we'll keep it with you. Um, Continue your love fest for the closing, uh, the last game of the regular season. Frogs are going to Ames, taking on the Fighting Matt Campbells. Iowa State. I don't. First of all, let's do this. What do you think Iowa State's record is when they get to the end of the season to host TCU? And who do? What do you see as the keys to this game? And what is your prediction?
1: I I feel like Iowa State. And TC are both going to be either ten and one or nine and two at worst when they play each other. This game right here, in my opinion, is going to be the game that will get the winner into the Big Twelve title game against Oklahoma. There's there's so much riding, in in my opinion, that that's going to be riding on that game. Iowa State, just I mean, we always talk about Campbell. We we both have a great appreciation uh, with how he coaches, how he builds a program, but man, they've got so many guys coming back. I mean, they they return basically their whole roster except for the guy uh, who's the defensive end. His name is this. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. The one that just was all over uh, what's his face last year for, for TCU that,
0: Oh, I can't remember his was name. It, All I know it? is they got Rose and Charlie Kohler coming yeah, back. Yeah, Rose
1: Rose is big and um Kohler's I mean, he's he's one of the best tight ends in the nation. You got Brock Purdy coming back. You've got Brees Hall coming back at running back. His backup, I can't pronounce his name, but he was good last year. They've got sneaky good receivers. They've got guys that are like 6'5", 6'6", and they've got some speedy guys, but that defense, the defense uh the the safety they've got great corners, they've got great linebackers. I think they had eight or nine players that took advantage of the free COVID year. That very well could have been in NFL camps this year. So it's going to be extremely tough. Can Max pull enough magic out of his hat to go up there back to his home state and play against a program that was heavily recruiting him that a lot of his friends go to and can he put on a show and, and, and lead TC to victory? Because I'll tell you, the last time they played up there, it was not pretty. It, it was not pretty at all. It was 49-24, and it really wasn't that close. No, and the weather yeah, was, was awful, a, too. Yeah, there was a several-hour rain delay in, in that game. But you look at last year, a lot of people say if, if Max would have played the entire half, it would have been different. Um, and maybe it would have. I don't know. But the thing that just it, – it, you're you're playing in names. It's probably going to be a night game because it's going to be a game where both teams are fighting for a Big Twelve uh, title appearance, and it's going to be a primetime game. They're probably going to black out You know, be, you have an Iowa State blackout. Uh, it's it's just one of those games where I it, it's my second loss, Jeff. That's that's the game that I have down as uh, being the ten and two record. That's that's what I feel like right now. I think it's going to be close. Um, but I don't I don't think TCU has enough in them. I think it's going to be somewhere around the neighborhood of 27 to 20 Iowa State.
0: You know people say if Max had played the first half, maybe we would have won. You know what um, also contributed to um, how close that game was. Uh, Brock Purdy turning around throwing the ball to Van Zant, who was behind him and he could have walked into the end zone
1: at, at one mile an hour. Do you
0: remember that play?
1: <laughs> I do, and the announcers were like, "What was he doing?
0: Yeah. What was he doing?" Yeah, that it, when Iowa State hands you a free touchdown like that, you're like, "Okay," because I just remember the camera was like thrown off everywhere watching that.
1: And TCU scored very late oh. in the game. I think conrad had a touchdown, or someone had a touchdown late in the game to yeah. make it look closer than what it really was.
0: Yeah, it was not as close as it really was. And Iowa State had played a game already and and, the Fro- and, and, and learned from it and lost to Louisiana. So And the Frogs had not, obviously, because they didn't have the SMU game. Oh, well, this is where we're finally going to begin to diverge here. I think the Frogs are going to win in Ames. I think um, Iowa State will be 10-1 and 1 at that time. I think their only call- loss will be Oklahoma. And I think the Frogs are going to be able to go to Ames and get the W and uh, – be able to beat Iowa State. I don't exactly know how all this is going to shake out because I've got Oklahoma State having obviously a strong team. Iowa State would be 10 and 2. TCU would be 10 and 2. Obviously the Frogs would have the the tiebreaker. But I have the the Frogs winning 35, 34 in Ames. So I think it's going to be a really close game and the Frogs are going to eke that one out. And it's going to be one of those big games that I think has the potential to send TCU to the Big 12 title game. So 10 and 2. Um, With losses to Oklahoma and losses in a loss to Oklahoma State, close win over Iowa State. You've got the Frogs beating Oklahoma State but losing to Iowa State. So that both that we both have it at 10 and 2 with just a different variation of the OSU ISU game. So you've got them losing close to Iowa State and beating Oklahoma State um, barely. And I've got those two flipped. So
1: sounds about right. Locked it up. Yeah. Sounds. Yeah.
0: The other thing I, I think Brock Purdy is going to come back to earth a little bit this year. That's just my observation. I think Brock Purdy is going to come back to earth a little, just a just a little bit this year. Uh, Brees Hall, though, I mean, he might be he might be in New York if they if they run the ball well. I think Brees Hall could be in New York. So. All right, well, let's go ahead and make – we've got those predictions on the record. Uh, we've just got a few minutes here left, Jeremy, so let's just do a couple of things. Offensive MVP for the Frogs this year, who do you have in one? Max
1: Duggan because he's going to put up a lot of passing yards and he's going to have a good amount of rushing yards. And he's – the. I mean, he's the key. Yep. Well, let's be honest. He's the key.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Max because he's going to have a, a lot of Saturdays where he throws for 315 yards and runs for anywhere between 90 and 120. I I, I really could see that. I think that Max is going to have a great season, and he's he's he, it all comes down to him, and he only does as well as the offensive line does. So I think it's going to come down to Max, and he throw if he's not the offensive MVP, that does that means the frogs aren't going 10 and two or better. So I'm going to stick with you there for Max. Who do you have on the other side of the eight ball? winners?
1: I think D. Winters played extremely well last year. I think he played, like Gary said, I think he played better than Wallow did in in some of those games. And Him coming back and being ready to go, I think, is huge for that defense, and and that's the reason why I think they're going to be good, because if a guy like D. Winters playing linebacker, he's going to put up over 100 tackles this year.
0: I am going to go with a young man whose last name you may recognize, Trey Hodges Tomlinson. I think he's looking at being a first round draft pick. I think he is looking at first team all-American and it's not going to be so much the, you know, the interceptions or the pass breakups he has. It's his ability to take the quarterback off his first read right away. Um, I think that's going to help with pass rush. I think that's going to help other uh, – that's going to make him – the quarterback uh, move down his progressions for people he would uh, be less likely to want to throw the ball to. So I think Hodges Tomlinson is going to be the defensive MVP, even if it's not awarded to him, just by what he makes happen by not having the play come his way. So I know you understand what I'm talking about. 100% I, I think I think Hodges Tomlinson. I think Tajus Tomlinson is going to have a ridiculous year and he is going to go first round because of what he does. I'm, I'm just going to say this to be full. This is, you know, you said real men can admit when they wrong were are wrong. I don't think that TCU offered him because he's LaDainian Tomlinson's nephew, but I thought, is he Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew and that's what maybe got him on the table or got him evaluated a little earlier, a little differently. I know his offer came in late. I know Baylor had an offer. Let's just go ahead and say he exceeded expectations. And if his name was only Trey Hodges, he would still be exactly in this situation. And I can't be happier for the young I
1: agree.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Last question. We'll be done. Give me your four teams for the playoff.
1: Alabama Clemson Oklahoma and Georgia All right. Oh, no Ohio quarterback State. question. I like that. That's the biggest thing. They've got a lot of great athletes, but I want to I, I don't know how good CJ Stroud's going to be.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to go a little rogue here. I mean, it's not going to be rogue because they'll all be national brands, but I'm going OU. As I'm going OU, Georgia, Alabama, and
1: USC. USC, I like it.
0: USC. I think. Uh, I think this is the year they finally make it click. I don't know that Clay Helton is the answer, but when you have that much talent and you have a bad Pac-12. I think that that's going to, I think that's, it's, it's, it's now or never. So I think USC is going to be able to make, I think USC is going to be able to make the playoff. I think, uh, Georgia and Alabama will both be undefeated going in the SEC title game. Georgia will have the big win over Clemson from week one. And I think Clemson's going to, all they got to do then is just lose one game in the ACC and, and they're in trouble. So I could see them falling to Carolina. I could see them falling to Miami. I'll, uh, you know, I, I I remember when Clemson would lose to Syracuse and Pitt. I know they're better now, but they were still making the playoffs. So, Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and bring this podcast to a close. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of The Frogcast. You're going to be here every Sunday night between now and National Signing Day. Um, maybe not New Year's Eve But we're going to be here for a good while As we are ramping up into the, into the regular season You're going to want to subscribe Give us a rating and review You can find us on every podcasting app of your choice Give us a rating and review on Apple um, Podcasts We would love for you to do that Get the word out about the Horn about Frog Blitz Get the word out about the Frogcast This is going to be a heck of a ride This might be the last year of the Big 12 as we know it So man, let's buckle up And let's go win this thing So for Daniel Southern and for Jeremy Clark, I'm Jeff Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening to the Frogcast.